Radio. And a good morning to everyone listening in live. It's always a pleasure having you here. Yeah. Thank you for downloading the app and staying tuned to RX Radio. All amazing shows, great music, and even lovelier presenters. E.G. yours truly, Omara Daniel, on this beautiful Saturday. It's here me out. That show where the wrong guy has the right ideas sometimes. And for those of you who are not listening in live, of course, still download the app on App Store for you Apple people. And Play Store for our dear fellow Androids. You know, get it. Listen into the podcasts. You know, there's a lot of stuff you're missing out on. You could learn how to cook a charcoal stove using food. Either I got that wrong or that's just what was written on my script. Either way, bite me. You're welcome to the show, man. And I'm just having an amazing morning. I wanted to ask you guys a very interesting question. Um, any of you watch Pingu? Like by okay, I was about to say by show of hands. How many of you have watched Pingu? Like if you've watched Pingu, just tweet it or hit us up on any of our social media platforms, right? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just go there and post a photo of Pingu or something. I loved Pingu. For those of you who don't know what Pingu is, first of all, you're too young to be dating. Secondly, it's a show, right? Uh, it's a Swiss show about this clumsy young penguin who lives with his family on the polar ice cap in Antarctica. Pingu goes on adventures with his sister, Pinga, and this friend, Robbie the Seal, like a bunch of our stuff, right? Pingu is a classic. Started in 1986, like whatever they did, the stop motion, the graphics, all that stuff, it still holds up to this day. Like, that's how good it was. Great work, amazing show. We enjoyed it as kids. I loved it. I particularly loved how Pingu was just the most stubborn, clumsy penguin ever like he was the worst kid you could possibly ever have inquisitive adventurous wild random like the episode where his parents went to the opera and he threw a house party with him and his kid sister and then they tried to clean everything and hide it in the closet and the closet literally just blew up the moment his parents touched it like that show was amazing man and i like the dynamic between how pingu was a kid like the people who did the voicing though they were speaking gibberish the people who did the voicing sort of got it right. Like, you felt Pingu was a kid with his voice. That old weep, weep, and the like that kind of thing and stuff. And then the mom had the crazy mom voice. And then the dad had the like, you understood who you were dealing with at every level. And Pingu would mess up and his dad would scold him. And real legit lecture him. You know what? You don't understand. And then Pingu would walk out and weep, weep, and then shout some random stuff. And then run away, right? It was a great show to watch. But at the end of the day, Pingu always came back and apologized and said, hey, I was wrong in some weird words or something. And just, you know, acknowledged the authority of his dad and admitted he messed up as a kid. And, you know, life kind of went on. It was a family show. Why am I bringing this up? Because as a nation, we're stuck in a sort of similar family dynamic between father and son, but it doesn't end as well as Pingu. <laughs> Pingu's episodes do. Uh, here we have a situation. It's something we, we really don't want, but we are kind of a part of. Yeah, it's a situation where we are in a monarchy and we, we really don't get to choose who leads next. But uh, the person who may be leading next has their set of issues. Again, you may ask why I'm bringing this up. Recently, we had a near-diplomatic scandal. Maybe it's over-exaggerated of me to call it a near-diplomatic scandal because, uh, you know, it, it, it really... You, you, you don't want to say it was that serious because even Okelo Oriem, State Minister for International Relations, said, I wouldn't call it a diplomatic crisis. It's a matter resolved in 24 hours. Our Kenyan brothers understand. But KOT didn't understand when Muhozi, former Lieutenant General, current four-star general, Muhozi Kanerogaba tweeted, it would take us me and my army, two weeks to capture Nairobi. Uh, my first problem with that statement was the grammar man. It's my army and I. And then secondly, as, as commander of land forces, man, you, you, you can't be putting this stuff out there. Like, why? You're literally threatening the sovereignty of another nation. Because if you say you're taking Nairobi, it means, you know, I think we are coming from the east, from the west heading eastwards. Uh, because it's not like we have, like, ships at sea, and stuff like that to help us invade Kenya via the Indian Ocean. No, we do not. Also, Nairobi is not like that side. <laughs> it's somewhere middle, middle, there, there. So, yeah, this was kind of a threat. 
But people are like, no, he was joking. It was in jest. <laughs> I wish he had put like lol at the end. Maybe oh, a laughing. I think he actually put a laughing emoji. But no one's going to take it as a joke when you're commanding land forces, man. That's that's a threat. It's a serious one. Like people are going crazy. Kenyans on Twitter went wild. And by the Kenyans on Twitter, you guys, this is the opinion of one dude who was doing his own thing. And then you guys just decided to come and fight a whole nation and beef with us. We got into a twiff with Kenya again. Kenya, which is known for twiffing. I think Kenya and Nigeria are just in Africa. Those guys, when when it comes to Twitter, they, when they get a chance to fight, they take it. Because bandos are cheap in their countries, I guess. But whatever the reason is, Kenya had a right to feel threatened. Because saying stuff like this is going to get us into some sort of trouble. And naturally, if you're in a position like that, uh, I'd prefer that you don't. Yes, he may have said it in jest. Fine. But your intentions are different from how things are interpreted. Always. As long as you put something out there, it's bound to be read the wrong way. And this may have been read the wrong way, but it was also written the wrong way. So there's no way you can actually blame people for interpreting it like this. All I know is it went wild. It was viral on the internet, thousands of tweets, people making noise. And then uh, the president himself, uh, you know, commander-in-chief... Yori Kaguta, His Excellency, Yori Kaguta Museven, he had to step in and apologize and say, you know, this dude crazy sometimes, man. I should have taken his phone. No, I'm kidding. That's not actually what he said. <laughs> he, he released the whole statement, which I'm sure most of you have read. But uh, overall, he was just, he was calling for peace. It's like, guys, look, he, he said some stuff. It's, it's not that serious. Let's let it go. I apologize to the people who are offended by it or think that this is wild. Meanwhile, also, in the same tweet, acknowledging the promotion, which is where things got weird. In the same statement, acknowledging the promotion that he gave to Muhozi. Because in the midst of all this, right, uh, in, in all this Kavuyo, after making these statements, he got dropped as commander of land forces and uh, promoted from lieutenant general to actual four-star general. Which, by the way, congratulations, Muhozi. Well done, well done. Kong, Kong's on the promotion. Four-star general. I, I don't know enough about the military, but I would think if I were to go by hotel ratings, a four-star hotel is just one star short of perfection, if I can say that. So, out of five, I think a four-star general is like 80% success rate, which is debatable because we haven't seen it, but also in the statement, say the, the man made one mistake in his tweet, uh, but there are other things he has achieved, which means, you know, we should reward him for the other things he has achieved, which we, we don't know about. We, we don't know those other things, instead of punishing him for this one tweet where he has messed up. Problem is, it's not been just one tweet. There's been quite a number of them. It's wild, man. Mozi has been on a tweet tirade. He has been having the time of his life with this craziness. As per his promotion... And for the people who are saying, well, it's a punishment of some sort, I, I don't understand how it's a punishment. I really don't get it. People are saying it's a punishment because he's no longer commander of land forces. I'm like, yeah, I mean, maybe not directly in control, but I would like to think that a four-star general ranks higher than a lieutenant general, so he can basically tell the new commander of land forces what to do, right? I would like to think that's even scarier. Former Major General Kayanja Muhanga was promoted to Lieutenant General and is the new commander of armed forces. I think he would be taking orders from a four-star general, you know, the high-profile hotel standards and stuff. So I'm a bit concerned. For me, just as a human being, it worries me because I don't know how to defend this for the people who are saying that it's a punishment. Calling it a punishment is like saying, oh, you're used to going on holiday in the UK. But you have been a bad, bad, bad boy. You have been a very bad boy. Hmm? You tweeted something about other people's cows. I did not like it. Therefore, as a punishment, I'm sending you to Dubai. And Moses is like, no, don't do this to me, dad. I was like, you are going to Dubai as a punishment. Go sleep in the Burj Khalifa for one month and think about your life choices. Like, that's what this looks like. I really don't see it as a punishment. It's a promotion. Period. Which they try to justify in a statement. Am I mad about it? No. <laughs> Me, I'm just, I'm, I'm on vibes. I'm like, well, at least things are clearer now. Because we can basically see how things are going. And for those of you who are saying the president as head of state did not have to apologize on his behalf. 
Well, I'm going to explain something interesting because you guys are only looking at it as a father speaking on behalf of his son. This goes deeper. Hear me out with Daniel Omara. Keep it Rx. to listen to RX Radio. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. And welcome back to the show. It's Hear Me Out with Daniel Omara, where the wrong guy has the right ideas sometimes. And our topic of discussion today, among others, is our dear tweeting four-star general, current four-star general, former lieutenant general. Meanwhile, stop saying lieutenant. I, I don't know what is wrong with you people who say lieutenant. The F is silent. Just like in my family. Now, he has been tweeting for quite some time. And, you know, there's been a bunch of controversy surrounding his tweets, including allegations that they are, you know, inspired by Pombe, which I know nothing about. That's not my business. It's just things people say on Twitter. And yeah, the last one nearly led us into some chaos with another country. A country you really don't want to get into a fight with, Kenya. I, I, I don't want to mess with Kenya. I mean, I respect the power of our forces, right? Our armed forces as a military we are on peace whatever peacekeeping missions all over the place we're in somalia we've been in congo i think we've done our thing some i think we are on the moon somewhere like the ugandan army has been everywhere but it's peacekeeping missions we've never actually like invaded a country and said we are taking your capital city so to most people this came okay not to most people to some people who defended it as a joke yes it may have been meant as a joke but in diplomacy it is different and before I went to the break, I was talking about how people came out and said, uh, His Excellency, the President, Yoweka Guta Museveni, should not be apologizing on behalf of his son. Uh, this probably wasn't an apology on behalf of the son. I think this was, you know, handling a situation as head of state, which is just what you should do. Someone says something and the other country loses their mind over it to the point where it climbs higher to the higher ups in the nation and politicians start tweeting back you know, in protest, I'm thinking it's only fair that the president come out and say something because Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued a statement, put it out there, you know, distancing themselves from the tweet and basically saying, look, 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 it's not that serious. This is how Uganda handles issues. It's not that serious. But the president came out not to speak as a father, probably as a father as well, but me as looking at it from a political perspective. He's speaking as the president because if he didn't say anything, Silence would be worse than him actually coming out and saying, chill, man, chill. Silence would be him saying, yeah, you go, boy. I got you, fam. Which would be a very scary thing. So he had to say something. There's no way he could have been silent. About him defending the promotion, that, that's a whole other story. And then came the conspiracy theorists. The conspiracy theorists who are just going wild and saying, you know, all this was done just to draw our attention away from the fact that he's being promoted to four-star general. I don't get that logic. I, I honestly do not get that logic. Like, people saying this was a stunt to draw attention away from him being promoted to four-star general. If anything, it just drew attention to his promotion. Because a tweet like that basically said he's undeserving of a promotion. He's more worthy of punishment. Which is how a lot of people are looking at it, right? He needs to be punished for, for saying things, for nearly starting stuff with another country. I mean, we've seen other generals of similar caliber, you know, seducer and stuff, go to prison or get punished for less. Yeah, so it's natural for people to expect that at this point, eh, something should have been done as opposed to, you know, like giving a promotion and things like that. For me, what really upsets me is when people say this is a smokescreen <laughs> for, you know, to divert us from the fact that he's being promoted to general. Here's why I don't get how. And this is what confuses me. This was a bad diplomatic move. Even if you think of it as a joke, it was a bad move, diplomatically speaking. That's why they're calling it a diplomatic crisis. It was a bad move. It's not something you, you mess around and say regardless of whatever state of mind you're in. It's just not something you do or say. Why is it a bad diplomatic move? Because we have been trying to position Muhozi as a diplomat for like the longest time, for, for like the most part of this year and last year. 
he was the face of the discussion and the resolution of the feud between Rwanda and Uganda, right? He's calling Kagame uncle. Like he was in Kigali trying to get this sorted. And soon after he came back, the borders were opened once again. I thought that was the direction the Project Mohozi people were taking. I actually thought that was a great idea. I'm like, you know, instead of fronting him as a soldier, because everybody's scared to have another soldier in power, front him as a diplomat. He's still a soldier, but also show the diplomatic side. And I was like, yay. Yeah, it's kind of like an Oreo, you know, black on the outside, white on the inside. You know, balance it out. Sure, yeah, he's a, he's a military guy, but he's also good at negotiating stuff. And I was like, I'm all for that idea. This sets us back. And by us, I mean, you know, th- those of you who are fans of the project. Me, I'm a fan as an observer. Not that I'm, you know, I'm there like, yeah, you go, boy. No, I'm very neutral in these situations. I'm talking about the image has been messed up. Like if they were hoping to front Muhozi as, you know, next president, which I still think is going to be a thing that's going to keep being fronted because eventually Ugandans are going to accept it. It's what Ugandans do. We allow stuff to happen. Then we quarrel well mumbling. Oh, I don't even like this stuff. I'm not happy about these things. We grumble like Pingu's dad. But in a way that nobody can really hear what we're saying. That's what we do. So there's a high likelihood this dude could easily be the next president. Do I like it? Mm-hmm. My opinion doesn't matter to begin with. But that's not the issue. The issue is, are the regional presidents also going to be okay working with this? That's the part that kind of also bothers me. Because we, we've had lots of leaders complain about these tweets. I mean, we had the prime minister of Ethiopia complain about a tweet, something to do with Egypt. You know, we've had Kagame come out and speak out against one of those tweets. We've had international attention drawn to Uganda because of a tweet he made about the war in Russia and his support for Putin. Like, there's been all this all this stuff going around. Now, am I saying uh, Mohoz is not entitled to an opinion? No, he is very entitled to an opinion. He just happens to have the most controversial one every time he tweets. <laughs> That's it. And that's where the issue is. It's just, yo, what's up though? Like, how does homeboy still have his phone? And I can't even blame him, man. I blame whoever hasn't taken the phone yet. But then again, you have to ask yourself a very important question. How are you confidently going to walk up to a four-star general? Even if you we were just at the point of lieutenant, not lieutenant, lieutenant general. And he say, sir, hand over your phone. I am taking it from you for your own good. A general. As long as it's the word general, it doesn't matter what comes before. There's general in it. How are you going to walk up to that dude who's a general and also happens to be the son of the president and tell him, hand over your phone? I, <laughs> where do you begin? Like, this is like sending Moses to Egypt to free his, his people and talk to Pharaoh, yet Moses stammers. He's like, fe, 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 fe. there's no way you're going to get the first sentence out. It's impossible. That's why me, I think, honestly, as Daniel O'Mara, here's my recommendation, right? I think we need a new ministry. A ministry specifically dedicated to Muhozi affairs. I think, honestly, like, I wouldn't mind a ministry like that. Like, just have a new ministry created. We, we, we create new jobs all the time. I mean, we, we've all had the story. Allegedly, Amama Babazi created a job for his daughter in his office. And, you know, there was a time like that. I'm like, well, if that could happen, we could create a ministry and just call it, you know, the Ministry for the Son of the President's Affairs. And with recent events, it's a very easy budget to justify. Just show the tweets and say, this is why we need it. Like, just... PR and crisis management in regards to a single individual. I really would not mind that because there's, there's no way you're taking the phone away. It's important. If you're up for this ministry, holla at your boy, man. Tell us on the RX Radio website and social media accounts. <laughs> Are you okay with this ministry coming up? If so, why? And how would you justify the budget properly? It's Hear Me Out with Daniel O'Mara. Keep it RX. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. You're listening to RX Radio. RX Radio. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. 
Rx Radio, Daniel Omara, hear me out. Not in that particular order, but also that was a nice ending to the sentence. Yeah, basically the radio station, the presenter, and the show, respectively. How y'all doing? Today, we are talking about the tweeting general, uh, four-star general, Mozika Nerugaba, and uh, recent escapades, right? And I would like to branch off into some fan mail, because... People send me messages and I love you guys for sending me messages. And uh, someone just typed LOL. The Burj Khalifa reference was hilarious. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate the joke. I mean, who gets sent to Dubai as a punishment? Uh, the conspiracy theory. Someone's uh, kind of trying to back it up by saying it was a distraction because we are so caught up discussing the actual tweet. We are only discussing the promotion as a punishment which can be explained away strategically. And I'm like, no. Oh, kind of makes sense. You need to break it down a little more for me, for me to understand this, right? Because I won't lie. It's going to take me a while to get it. And then uh, this third message, <laughs> I swear this, what? Yeah, someone here says, your drone will come with leather seats. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what a drone is, it's basically just, you know, cars that go around picking people up. A drone is usually like a taxi. Preferred model is Toyota Hyas. We, we call them taxis here because, you know, us and South Africans is what we do. My drone will come with leather seats. Lol. Um, it's a funny statement. Mostly because, listen, passengers in drones don't get to sit from what we've heard. The back seat is empty. Yeah, the back is empty. It's just a driver and passenger seat. Everyone else is the back is, is squatting or lying down or whatever position you choose to be in. Apparently. Uh, secondly, personally, I have my preference of a drone. You're not allowed to dictate for me what kind of leather seats come with the drone that's picking me up. I want a drone with carpeting. You get? Because since we don't get to sit, we might as well have good carpeting in the back. Something like high-quality carpets, like the ones you find in those British soccer stadiums, Wimbledon, the ones footballers play on, you know, high-quality grass carpeting so I could lie down and have my face there, chilling in peace. I want something like that. I want fire on the dashboard. Like we killed a random animal. A bear, a mink, a skunk, and then washed it or something. Like a dashboard just decked out in white fur. It has to look sexy, man. This drone needs to be romantic. And then leopard print seats. I don't care if they're leather or not. I don't even know if leopard print leather exists. I just want leopard print on the seats. Or cheetah print or giraffe print. I don't want stripes. It looks weird. Stripes and fur just don't match. That's a very wrong fashion statement, right? And xenon lights. Xenon lighting on the outside. Because you know that thing where you're driving at night with full beam and someone flashes you and you're, you're losing the plot? If they flashed you with xenon lights, you literally go blind. The authority that comes with xenon lights, where someone can blast you for like 500 whole meters properly and everything is well lit. That's the kind of lighting I want. On the interior... We need black light. You know those ones that it looks like a brothel, like that purple light that just helps you see which money is fake and all that? It needs to look good. It needs to look amazing. Yeah, purple window tint. Black is out of fashion, man. We, we can't be doing that. Purple window tint on a drone. That's the best style. And then pink exterior. We paint it pink. Why pink? Well, because no one is going to suspect a pink drone of picking up political dissidents. <laughs> They may suspect you of prostitution or running a brothel, but no one's going to suspect you of, you know, politics. And a spoiler. I want a spoiler on the back of that drone. It has to have a spoiler, like a big spoiler, not a small one. Not these simple, simple spoilers. I want a spoiler that's at least a quarter the size of a car. Basically, I want a drone pimped out in Masaka. That's what I'm trying to say. Not that I want to be picked up by any. No, guys, this, this is not me in initiating violence. This is just me reporting the facts and cracking jokes about it. <laughs> yeah, man, I just described my ideal drone to you. But to switch topic to something more interesting, right? I was going around Nigerian Twitter. I think Nigeria, if you want to know Nigerian Twitter, just look for the word vex, wetting, and uh, something to do with Omo. Yeah, those are the three words you look for on Nigerian Twitter. You will know your Niger Twitter. So, at Thandela, yeah, that one, uh, tweeted. The whole issue was about birthdays. And she says, I just saw someone say, don't remind people when your birthday is and see who your real friends are. And I think that's such a terrible measure of friendship. And I agree with her. 
No, I actually do agree with her because I've tried this before. And for me, it wasn't even like I didn't remind people of when my birthday is. No, I just removed my birth date from social media. Simple. You'll be shocked how many people forgot. Even my closest friends forgot. Even family forgot. And this was a whole debate on social media. It went crazy. Like, I'm reading to you some of the tweets, right? Of just people going wild over the issue of birthdays. Like, it's it, it really is a big deal to a number of people. Someone came and said, I have birthdays on my phone so I can remember. I just think if it's easy to remember an artist's music or TV show's release date, a friend's birthday shouldn't be a problem. My memory might be crap, but I remember a big date for people I care about. Well, here's the thing. An artist's or release date is still a reminder. An artist's music video or movie release date is still a reminder, and there's a lot of promotional material attached to it to keep it in your face, right? So we cannot compare that to someone's birthday. I know people who do promotional material for their birthdays. I know people who from the first of the month start declaring, it's my birth month, it's time to celebrate me, I'm going to do me. Then they start quoting scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son to celebrate my birthday, John 3, 16 to 18. But like people out here throwing Bible quotes on birthdays, like all this randomness, right? And it gets even wilder in the, in the tweets because someone says, exactly, they are making excuses because they suck as friends. Simple. Look, guys, different things mean way differently to different people, right? If you're a person raised in a family where birthdays mattered, then of course your birthday is going to be kind of a big deal to you. To you, and I want you to remember that this is to you in particular. This is a you thing. It's your birthday. It's not that your friends don't care. It's just to a lot of other people. And dare I say specifically men, really don't give a damn about birthdays, regardless of what family you are raised in. Because I was raised in a family where, you know, birthdays were generally not a big deal. But it mattered to my kids, sis. She's the last born, so they celebrated her birthdays whenever she wanted it. And she's grown up with the mentality, my birthday is important to everyone. Me, I've never cared. But see, she saves everyone's birthday in her phone and calls to wish people a happy birthday. But she kind of has to remind the rest of us. Not everyone is operating at the same wavelength, you guys. Like, you, you need to understand, if you're dealing with people and dealing with friends, then you have to be ready to deal with different kinds of people. Just because birthdays are a big deal to you doesn't mean they're a big deal to another person. Does it mean they shouldn't care? No, of course, I think they should care, but don't get mad at them if they forget. Because this person is saying, oh, you save birthdays in your phone. Yeah, because it's a big deal to you. People are saving dates of business meetings. You know, people are saving dates of when asteroids are going to crash into Earth and end the world. Like, there are more important things than your birthday. I'm sorry if it comes off rude, but that's just the reality. Your birthday is not the beginning and the end of the world. Like, at no point in your life have you looked up at the sky and the clouds spelled out your name on the day when it was your birthday. Relax. It's a big deal, yeah, but mostly to you. So let people live. And if you're going to use this as a standard to gauge your friendships, wow, I would not have any friends right now. I went through September with most people not even knowing it was my baby. At all. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm cool with it. And, and and it's okay to live that life. But don't start getting rid of people because my birthday. Because imagine everyone started saying things like this, right? Maybe your birthday just means too much to you. And meanwhile, there are people here saying, oh, if you forget my birthday, we are done as friends. Yet you're not exactly the best friend. Consider this. You remembering people's birthdays doesn't mean you're not a horrible human being. You get it could basically mean you remember people's birthdays as a way of making up to them for being a crappy person to them. I'm not saying you're a crappy person because you want to celebrate your birthday. I'm just saying sometimes we pick one thing and make it a big deal because it's the only way we can make up for being a crappy person. The same way I have issues with activists. Most of them are crappy people. But because they stand for a cause, they believe that cause somehow vindicates and exonerates them of how crappy they are. I, I will name a whole bunch of people, but I don't have the time. 
so just because you're you know you're a feminist or you're a climate activist or one of those ists doesn't mean you're a good person because you stand for a cause just because you want to celebrate other people's birthdays doesn't make you an amazing human being it doesn't make them crappy people if they forget yours it just means life happens differently for different people so get over yourself celebrate with those who want to celebrate with you and those who are not around learn to accept the apologies later on and move on with life because you cannot let your life with other people revolve around one day which was forgotten commercial break Rx Radio. And the DM is lit as always. See me out with Daniel Omar. Welcome back to the show. So, ah, where the wrong guy has the right ideas. Rx Radio. And we're talking birthdays among other topics because before I cut to the break as, as I was talking about this tweet where someone said, you know, don't tell your friends about your birthday. And if they forget, then they are not true friends. And I'm just thinking, yeah, I agree with the chick who said that's a very bad idea by which to gauge friendships. It's it's just a horrible, horrible idea. Of course, the DM says otherwise. And in the DM, people are saying, Omara, you're just being insensitive. Birthdays are important. And if it means something to the person you care about, then you will care enough to celebrate them. Yeah, okay. Fair point. Another person says, just because your birthday doesn't mean anything to you, doesn't mean another person's birthday doesn't mean a lot to them. I mean, it's the day you were born. Like, fine. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to make my point after I've read all these messages. Then someone else here is saying, it's a big day to celebrate. It's one of the few days people have to actually celebrate life. Let them have their day. I'm like, fine. And uh, finally, stop being a hater. If you weren't celebrated as a child, it's not our fault. I'm like, okay, cool. You know what I find interesting about all these comments? They're all from women. <laughs> Dare I say, they're all from women. Why? Because us dudes really don't care. We don't. It's the ladies who love to celebrate their birthdays. Yes, it's the ladies who love to celebrate their birthdays. It's a big deal because people actually give a damn about women's birthdays you get for a lot of guys it's not a big deal because we're sitting here thinking oh crap now i have to buy someone something like you you're out there chilling and asking people it's my birth month what are you getting me we we keep getting these messages man we keep receiving these messages it's my birth month what are you getting me meanwhile we're getting these messages from random people who are not even our friends yeah you're not my bad day, but I'm receiving the message. Because we exchange numbers once and all of a sudden, a week later, it's your birthday. By the way, that's something we need to investigate that has been bothering me for the longest time. Why is it that you meet a chick today and a week later, it's her birthday, she has lost a parent, a relative has passed away, the border guy suddenly is not available, she needs transport. But let's just focus on the birthday for a second, right? A lot of you put pressure on people who are not even your friends to have to give you something or to owe you something for your birthday. People you just met, you drag them into your excitement about your big day. Uh-huh. There's that. How do you think the people you drag into this plot feel about it? They're not your bad days. Which means if they don't oblige, does that make them any less of a human being? I mean, if you said your friends don't, you know, participate in your birthday, then it means they're not true friends. How about the people you didn't know? But you have such high expectations of. Because I have been judged for not showing up for birthdays of people I barely knew. But hey, you're in entertainment. Someone wants to show you off at their birthday of, oh yeah, you see who's in attendance? Yeah, that's my peoples. You get, And I didn't show up and the person's like, oh my God, I'm so insulted. You're so mean. I invited you and you didn't honor my invite. The point I'm trying to make is, you're putting equal amounts of pressure on your friends as well as you are on people you don't know, people who are not your friends. So either way, people are going to show up or not show up, and the best thing you can do is deal with it. Me as, me as a dude, as a dude whose birthday wasn't really a big deal, and also just generally as a dude who understands that when it comes to birthdays, 
the financial burden is on me. Whether it's my birthday or not, this is something that has to be put out there. On people's birthdays, right? Friends or not. And this needs to be said. On people's birthdays, it's, Omara, it's my birthday. What are you getting me for my birthday? Mm-hmm. I'm throwing like a small party. Uh, you're supposed to show up dressed in white. That's the theme color. Uh, don't forget to come with a present. No plus ones. You know, bring your own drink. Essentially, it's like St. Lawrence High School. Where you pay tuition, you buy cement, you buy floor polish, you bring six rolls of TP, a ream of paper, a microphone, a PS system per student. You're building the school. Like, you, you have paid for education, but you're also paying for construction. I know that that's what people's birthdays feel, especially women's birthdays. And ladies, don't get mad at me. This is just the reality. Especially women's birthdays. That's what it feels like to me. It's someone saying... I want you to fund everything and also show up. Like you can't just show up. And at the end of all those statements, they're like, and don't forget to come with a present. Look, you have no right to demand presents from people. You don't. People give you presents out of the love they have. The only present some people have is their presence and their existence in time, which is what? The present. Exactly. That's what you get from some people. You can't be putting the burden on people to just show up and, you know, gift you because you exist and because you demanded it, which is a habit that needs to stop. This whole business of demanding things because it's your birthday and try and make it look cute. Like, uh, I have standards. I'm accepting nothing less than this. I want a cake like this. I'm taking my birthday to an expensive club and you guys need to be able to afford entrance if you want to get in. Does it ever occur to some of you that you are making it extremely hard for your friends to celebrate your birthday? Does that thought ever cross your mind? Because you set the bar so high for people, they can't meet the standards. They would rather just back out. And there's, there's hardly ever any humility in a lot of these, you know, escapades. Like someone just decides, I'm going to make it really difficult for people without even appreciating that, you know, not everyone is at the same financial level. Let's, let's just forget the financial level. Not everyone has the time. Not everyone thinks the same way. So you're going to pressure people the whole month, you know, to make your birthday a big deal because it matters to you. But are you treating your friends the same way, by the way? Like, think about that part. Because I only gave the first side of the story where people expect me to show up and fund their birthdays. You know, buy things and stuff. But on my birthday, the same person whose birthday you showed up for, made a big deal, showed up with a nice present, wore white and all that, is going to call you, right? And be like, hey, Omara, what's up? How you doing? Happy birthday. I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. It's your birthday. Where are you taking us? Like, you know how absurd that thing is. Like, I funded your birthday. But now you expect to be a part of my birthday and I'm still the one funding it. Like, there's so many one-sided relationships when it comes to birthdays. And this is why sometimes, I won't lie, I choose to forget a lot of women's birthdays. Because I know it won't be reciprocated. Like, I had a female friend recently get me a lip balm for my birthday. And I appreciated the gesture because, first of all, I wasn't expecting it. And she never made a big deal out of her birthdays. In fact, I am happy when people give me presents. I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. That's when I start remembering you. So I got her address in exchange. Because I'm like, okay, I see we are building something here. And I know this person's got my back. What I'm trying to say is, get rid of these friends who expect you to show up for things while they don't show up for yours. Or if they do, it's at your cost both ways. That does not make sense. I have a clique of friends, right? Who we celebrate each other's birthdays. That's just what we do. It's an agreement amongst ourselves. We started a chat group. We put each other's birthdays in the chat group. And every time there's a birthday, we contribute towards each other's birthdays. Everybody puts a 20K or a 30 or whatever you can put in just to buy a cake and get a venue for this person to have their amazing day. And even if you don't show up, you made your contribution and you sent them a birthday greeting. And that's what's important. 
and is absent with apology. And you can always call them later and say, let's meet up for a drink so I can wish you a happy birthday. And people get it. Do not complicate friendships based on petty things, regardless of how big a deal it is to you. If, you, if, if your tight gango didn't show up for like, you know, a funeral now, that's a different situation. But listen, birthdays, it happens every year. There'll always be another one. You know, just don't die. It's Hear Me Out with Daniel O'Mara. Radio. I know, I know, half the time people are DMing me, telling me I sound insensitive. Yes, I know, but look, ah, this world is too sensitive sometimes, man. We, we, we need to balance it out. And this is not me being deliberate, it's just, blame it on the upbringing. You need to be a bit hardcore. If everything that you hear turns you soft and makes you cry, my goodness, you need help. Welcome back. See me out with Daniel Omaro on RX Radio. And uh, we've talked about the tweeting general... We've talked about people making too big a deal out of birthdays and how it's just not irrelevant. And right now, I would like to cater to my audience because people keep sending me DMs on topics to talk about, right? And I'll be honest with you, I get quite a number, uh, uh, most of which I don't know what to do with. Yeah, there are times I read a message and I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to handle this situation? Like with people asking for financial advice and like I should give the financial advice on the show. Let me just put this out there. I'm, I'm not the best guy to get financial advice from because I am just learning <laughs> how to manage my finances. Honestly, yeah, 35 and I'm just getting it in my system. I've gotten a lot of things right in life. Finances is one of those I'm just also figuring out. So I'm not in position to be giving tips. However, I got this one message from a friend. I consider him a friend. We've retweeted each other's stuff. Me, I'm like that. We bonded in words. Eh? Yeah, we tweeted. And uh, this dude is a bachelor who's like in his early 30s. Yeah. And he sends me this message uh, <laughs> explaining a situation, right? About how he recently let go of a girl he liked because she showed up to his home and rearranged the entire setup. This is his message. So this girl comes over to my place and just rearranges my house. I'm paraphrasing, right? So I'm not sure if I did the right thing by letting her go or I'm being petty. Please advise with reason. Ah, Let me give him a name. I'll call him John. Ah, John. <laughs> I'll say it like a little John. John, the problem you're having is uh, I completely understand as a fellow bachelor why you freaked out and you're not being petty. I get it. Um, I'm going to give the advice later, but let me first explain what's going on right now from my perspective and especially to the ladies, right? What happens is if you're a bachelor and you've been single for quite some time, it means you're used to being alone. You're used to not having to explain yourself to people. You're used to being in an environment to which you can retreat, which is basically your home. A place where you can retreat for solace whenever the world gets stressful. So you come out into the world, you know, do your thing and then just go back to your house and chill. It's where your peace is, right? So someone coming into your life, he didn't specify how long she had been around. I'm, I'm hoping this is like early in whatever interaction you are having with this lady very very early if you're actually in a relationship relationship then i think at some point you had given her the authority to make that move but if it's very early as in we're just getting to know each other and you've come and reset my crib i'm going to explain why it's a problem for men ladies here's the thing it's our quantum of solace right it's where we go to hide a man's house is his place no matter how disorganized no matter how chaotic it may look, 
to you as a female. We know exactly where everything is. We know where we left these socks. One is under the fridge, one is under the, the dressing cabinet, and we will find them in the morning without asking. Why? Because that's the setup we are used to. So you rearranging a person's home is you forcing them to readapt and readjust to their own house based on your standards. It's a very scary experience. I can't imagine coming home and finding my TV in a different position from where I left it. I think that's why personally I always hang the TV on the wall because yeah, that's that's going to take you a lot of work to move. And the entire setup is structured to suit me and my needs as a person who lives in that home. So when you re, you redesign the house, you, you have really upset the balance of a person's mind. Now, God forbid this person is like OCD. Because even just for the average guy, it's a problem. For just a normal dude, it's a problem. Now, if you have a guy who has like OCD, not that I'm saying this dude has OCD. I'm just saying, don't go around organizing people's places. Why do women keep doing this? I think I have an explanation. Ladies, tell me if I'm wrong. Women often, I think, in my experience as a bachelor, I think often women conflate good intentions with being right. That's a massive problem. A lot of ladies have good intentions. They walk in, look at your house and think it could look better. They genuinely want the house to look better. And I get that. Organization is a gift women have. It's the reason why they don't want to work in certain fields. Coal mines, military, you know, construction, because it's very hard to organize those sites. You can't organize a battlefield and say, no, 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 no. Those dead people over there. Yeah, 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 here. No, no, it's a war. It's violent, it's gruesome, it's bloody. It's a coal mine. It's a diamond mine. You can't tell the minerals where to be. But office setups, office settings, homes, you can organize that because it's a space that you can be in charge of. And I respect women for having that ability to organize things. But the thing is, if you're coming in to organize someone's life, ladies, this is a very important piece of advice. Number one, you need permission, which most of you don't want to get. Why? Because you think your intentions outweigh our authority automatically. Because I want better for you I automatically know better and you're the one who doesn't know what you want. That's how it comes off in, in the female brain in my, you know, experience. Just because I don't want you to fix my house doesn't mean I don't think it's a good idea. It just means you're being intrusive and imposing. And in that moment, I need you to understand that yes, though your intentions may be good, what you're doing is wrong. I've dealt with scenarios like this. My own elder brother, right? His wife comes into his life. His current wife. She wasn't his wife at the time. They're dating. And one day, she just picks all the clothes he doesn't like. Puts them in a basket and gives them away to charity. Now, first of all, that is very messed up. Because you don't understand the sentimental value attached to the clothes you just threw away. Because we have attachments. Every chick has a favorite underwear. Imagine I just came and threw it away. I'm like, I don't like this brown stain at the bottom looks like rust you'd be mad right you'd be like hey that andy been with me from my first period so i have to respect that andy but ladies usually don't ask that question they just say i don't like this and they're getting rid of it you don't know the sentimental value attached to those clothes right first of all secondly usually they're not giving an alternative if you're throwing my clothes away yeah okay not that i'm okay with it But at least introduce an alternative before you start taking away the options I currently have. You get. Make suggestions before you make changes. That's what I'm trying to say. Ladies, you all need to get this. If you're walking into someone's life, make suggestions before you make changes and then see what changes are acceptable. You can't be introducing big paintings and flowers and plants to the house of a man who is a minimalist. There has to be a compromise. Either you create spaces for him and you or something like that. But don't come and take over a person's house. And I'm speaking as a guy who has dealt with this stuff. I've had women come over to my house, look around and say, I would put the chair there. I would move the dining table those ends. You need to unscrew your TV from the wall and put it that side. And then we'll make changes in like four months. Uh, Promise me that when I come back, things will be different. I'm dumping you. I'm sorry. 
I don't care how nice you are, but what you're implying to me is that this is not going to be a relationship. It's going to be a dictatorship where you make the rules and I follow in my own house. That is not going to happen. John, you're not being paranoid. You're not being paranoid at all. This is classic defense mechanism. In your head, you're seeing a tyrant. The only thing I need you to do is express this to homegirl. Yeah. Whatever the circumstances were, regardless of how it came off, I think this needs to be said because I don't think our generation talks enough. When we don't like something about someone, we ghost them. We don't try to tell them what was wrong or what. We just ghost them. We just disappear from them. So I hope you as John at least made an effort to break it down and say, hey, 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 mind the space. And if someone's not willing to listen, then you can let them go properly. But either way, I hope the ladies are taking this advice in good faith. Your good intentions don't always make you right or justify your actions. Remember that. Hear me out with Daniel O'Mara. Be back in a bit. RX Radio. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out. Hear me out. Yo, see me out with Daniel Omar and welcome back to the show. It's good to have you guys, man. That show where the wrong guy has the right ideas very, very often. And yeah, we're talking about this dude who expressed his predicament about how he had to let go of a lady who came into his house and made changes without his permission. And of course, I explained the dynamics when it comes to guys, right? For us, it's it's kind of a big deal if you come and do that very early in whatever we are establishing and stuff. But yeah, my DM still has objections, naturally, because it's going to take a little more explaining for this to sink in for a lot of women. And someone here said, men are just stupid. <laughs> women are smarter. Which is a common sentiment that's been expressed a lot, mostly in school, during the days of girl-child empowerment. It's not true, though. It's not true that women are smarter. It's, it's just it's something they tell you. The extremes, right, of intelligence. You occupy both ends. Doesn't mean you're smarter. It just means you think you're right and you don't want to allow. It's, it's that simple. And if you're not willing to take this advice, I can understand. But don't act like someone is dumb for giving it. Also, someone else here said he needs to fix his life before he lets someone else in. That I agree with. But also, in regards to this particular topic, I think he already had fixed his life in a way that he liked it and was trying to let someone in. She just didn't like the fixing, the setup, so she immediately tried to change it. The point I'm trying to make is... You don't have to like something. And if you want to change it, don't do any abrupt changes. It's, what's the word? I don't want to say the, the, the suddenity. It's the abruptness of the change that becomes problematic. Because if we go from zero to 100, I once had a girl sleep over at my place, right? Okay, not sleep over. She came over, we did our thing. And then she's like, the next time I come here, I have to sleep over. And I'm like, as who? In my head, I'm like, as who? Like, where do you get the authority to demand that you sleep over? Like, there are things you just don't say. It's like if someone walked into your house and started checking the furniture for dust and saying, I would have cleaned it differently. There are condescending statements. There are certain condescending statements that we as men don't take lightly because it's basically you telling someone, you're a child, you don't know what you're doing with your house. I can do it better. We'll still smash, but after that, we're going to let you go because we're not looking for a mom. <laughs> we're looking for a partner or maybe a smashmate, whatever it is, regardless of what kind of person we are looking for. Don't make things too abrupt. It's like, if let me give women an example. If you met a dude on day one and he says, I love you, wouldn't you be thinking, ah, we jumped from zero to 10,000, chop, chop, Right? That's how we feel when you walk into our space and then just start making changes because you think you're the one who is right. And that need to be right is a statement that's been put forward very, very often by a lot of men. I don't know why we still, why women still don't get it yet. You're not always right. 
your gender doesn't justify your opinion. Just the same way your intention doesn't. It's like how women handle rejection overall. The problem is always with the guy, right? Either he's gay or he's slow or he doesn't know what he wants. None of you ever thinks about the fact that he's just not interested. <laughs> That's a factor that you need to program into your mind and know just because you like a guy and you have the best intentions for him doesn't mean he has to like you back. So if you're getting rejected by a dude, it's okay. Making a move doesn't guarantee success. We as guys know this. We are very aware of the fact that making a move is a risk. Risk means chance of failure. Failure means you allow, you bounce back, you try again somewhere else later on. I don't encourage this thing of a guy getting rejected by three women in one night. What the hell is wrong with you? Like after the first rejection, you need to first sit down and think about your life choices, right? How are you getting three rejections? How do you take three L's in one night, even you as a dude? Sit, identify your target, analyze, and then make a move. Part of the reason you're probably getting rejected a lot is because... You're making moves without analysis. You're just trying to prove that you can get what you're going after without actually understanding what it is you're trying to pursue. But all these are things that we have experienced as men and are wired into our brains. We're just trying to pass on this information to women. So, similarly to the way you could handle rejection, it's the same way you can handle a difference of opinion when it comes from a man. If a guy says, I don't want you rearranging my house, It's not because he doesn't think you're good at it or he doesn't believe it's good for him or he doesn't think that somehow it's better than what it looked like before. It's just don't do it without permission. Because men are all about authority. And if you can come and, you know, overstep my authority in my own house, it means I am not going to have any control in my life as long as you are around. That is a very scary thing. For us as guys, it freaks us out. Because most of us already had moms, man. We don't need a second one. Especially someone who's younger than the actual moms we had. So when a dude says something, or when he expresses an opinion, or when he makes a move, it's usually important. Ask why. Why? If he hasn't explained it, why? If you don't have the time to ask why, then okay, yeah, we we, we, we can all just move on and live our best lives. But I just need the ladies to know. Sometimes you all come in, you're genuine, but also you're a little too aggressive in your pursuits. No matter how cute you may try to make it look, you've brought flowers for the table, you've brought, you know, decorations for the room, you've brought a whole bunch of things, you have aligned this, you've put that there, you've moved the utensils, you've said, I don't like these dishes, I brought a better batch of forks, but have you gotten permission from me to do all these things. I appreciate it. Let me give an example of Luasa. Because Luasa is the dude who sees a woman he likes, immediately goes to her, goes to her family, proposes dowry, leaves a bunch of money, prepares an introduction, like he, he really, really goes in and he hasn't even confirmed with the woman whether she's interested in all the things he's doing for her. You get, it's like how we often hear some dude bought a car for a chick and she left him. Yeah, he didn't even stop to check if she needed it. Maybe she did, but you know, you're just imposing. And at the end of the day, no guy wants to have the impression that, oh, she came into my life and saved me and changed me. No, ladies, understand one thing. You don't change a man. Men change for women. They like We change when we are ready to. So if you're just not the one and we are not ready to change, or we are not ready for that kind of change, or we don't need that kind of change, because sometimes the setup we are in is perfect for us. If it's not perfect for you, then chill and allow. You get Maybe someone else is going to be cool with it, because if you're going to go to the home of a minimalist and try to put up photos and paintings and flowers and all this stuff, you are going to experience resistance. Is it going to look better as a house? Definitely. But you have to introduce these things in bits, man. Talk it through. Remember, make suggestions before you make changes. And if you're going to buy a guy new clothes, buy him nice clothes, right? 
that fit him perfectly. Compliment his look. And then when he's looking sexy, smash the crap out of that dude. Smash him. Smash him. Because there's no point in change without a reward. I mean, yeah, I'm going to change, but then what? What As in, what do I get for this change? Like, yeah, you know, dude, you get to be sexy. Like, your girl treats you better, man. There's a vibe, man. I'm more attracted to you. You've never looked this good, my guy. You are the boy. Shy him with praise, man. Because even us as guys, we do that all the time. Mm. It's good for relationships, man. That vibe helps. So remember, if you're making changes, let it be positive. Show the benefits. And gradually, introduce the idea before you implement it. That's it from me as Daniel O'Mara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the advocate for no change. <laughs> it's here me out on Rx Radio. Remember, if you haven't tuned into the live show, please download the app. App Store for you Apple people and Play Store for us Android people. Either way, it's an amazing listening experience for all the best music, good-looking presenters, and, you know, overall, great talk shows. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy your life. Hear me out. 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 You're listening to RX Radio.